listening to Sunday Digest, an award-winning public affairs presentation of 99.5 WGAR. Get ready for a half hour of interesting conversation with veteran Cleveland broadcaster Ken Robinson. And now, here's Ken and Sunday Digest. And glad to have you along this morning on WGAR. Today, welfare reform. Is it working? We'll find out from one of the people in charge of getting Clevelanders off public assistance and into productive jobs. Also, two major Cleveland institutions are teaming up with public housing to promote healthy lifestyles. Details on that coming up on Sunday Digest. But first, keeping your kids healthy this Halloween. It's that time of year when young ghosts and goblins make their rounds. But you can take some of the scariness out of Halloween by practicing good Halloween safety. Dr. John Bennett is with Premier Pediatrics of Cleveland and says you can start by making sure your kids are wearing good Halloween costumes that don't pose a danger. Well, you want to be sure that the costumes are flame retardant. You don't want anything that can obstruct a child's vision too much. So like anything that's kind of big and awkward, oversized shoes. And for some kids that have sensitive skin, you want to be sure that the material are hypoallergenic and anything that, that presents a clear hazard that's, you know, sharp or, or large clubs or you know, masks that, that are lots of spikes sticking out of them, something that might present a hazard to someone else. Sure, sure, I'd be careful in any of those. And he also suggests feeding your kids before sending them out to collect treats. The, the best thing there is to give them, give them some kind of a, a healthy, healthy dinner and fill them up a little bit before you take them out so they won't gorge themselves on candy. And don't allow children to eat treats while trick-or-treating. Have them wait until they get home when those treats can be checked out. It's generally a good idea to discourage their eating the candy while they're actually trick-or-treating because it's um, difficult to check them out, make sure they're safe, and, and so on and so forth. And it's also difficult to control what they may be consuming at the time. Dr. John Bennett of Premier Pediatrics of Cleveland says parents might also want to consider alternatives to candy if they plan on handing out treats. Some people think it's a good idea to offer non-food alternatives, although probably some of the kids might be a little disappointed. Things like erasers, decorative shoelaces, stickers. If you're having a Halloween party, be careful carving that pumpkin. I wouldn't have anybody start to carve a pumpkin until they're at least between 5 and 10 um, using not not a regular sharp kitchen knife, but these uh, specifically designed pumpkin cutters that are plastic knives. They'll cut pumpkins, but they won't cut people real well. The younger kids, to, to give them something similar to do, they can help like draw a face on there with a marker. And if you put a candle inside inside a pumpkin or anything, the votive candles, those little tea lights, are probably the safest. And if you need more Halloween safety tips, Dr. Bennett says there's a website you can check out. The American Academy of Pediatrics has a um, website. It's uh, www.aap.org that um, offers health and safety tips for children and various ages and situations, but includes a section on Halloween safety tips right now. Once again, that website address is www.aap.org. Up next, helping the poor become productive. This is Sunday Digest. Here's Ken Robinson. You know, welfare reform has been in effect for some time now, but how well is it working? Let's find out from Ralph Johnson, General Manager of Cuyahoga Work and Training, a Cleveland agency that's assisting Clevelanders in making the transition from welfare to work. Ralph, thanks for joining us this morning. First of all, tell us about your operation. Um, Cuyahoga Work and Training is the agency here in the county that is implementing welfare reform. 
1997, there were 27,000 families that were getting uh, welfare benefits here in Ohio. And in Ohio, we adopted, the state adopted a three-year lifetime time limit. So beginning in October 97, um, rather than being able to get welfare forever for your whole life, you can only get it for 36 months. So we have been working with those 27 families and tens of thousands of other families who have come on our role since then to help them make a successful transition from being on welfare to to being employed and being able to support themselves and their family. Um, we do that through working with community partners who we send our clients to to get training and job readiness skills. And those those community providers also help them find employment. So those community providers work directly with employers, as do we. As a whole, do you think welfare reform has been successful? I think welfare reform has been successful. We've, we have, in this community, had literally tens of thousands of families who... Um, many of whom had never really had any significant work experience, who are now working, who are able to provide for themselves and their children. Um, and it's a good thing for a child to grow up in a house and to see their parents get up in the morning and go to work every day and come home and bring home a paycheck and with that paycheck be able to provide the things that the family needs. That's a very good thing. And so I do think welfare reform has been successful. Now, there were a lot of predictions that, you know, a lot of bad things were going to happen when sure. welfare was reformed, that sure. there were going to be people roaming the streets, a lot of people hungry, a lot of people not able to make the transition. Right. Looking back at things now, and, and now that we've gone through welfare reform, what's your assessment? Um, my assessment is is that um, we've really done, I think this community has just rallied around this issue of welfare reform in a way that I think is truly unprecedented. Um, our community has really made sure that we've pulled out all the stops to help people who are on welfare to to make a successful transition from being on welfare to, to working. And so, you know, we're not headed towards this great apocalyptic meltdown that, uh, that a lot of folks sort of had predicted three years ago. That's just not, just not the path that we're on. Do you think much of it is uh, related to the good economy? Oh, clearly the good economy is playing an important role in this. Um, I think one of the neat things about this economy, though, that in the past when our economy was was you know more industrial based or more industry based, um, you know the the availability of jobs really depended on on um, you know the economy continuing to click along as it is. I think what we're starting to see now is that companies are finding that because there are more people in the workforce, there are more opportunities to hire more folks into the workforce. And you know we sort of we certainly hope that by continuing to have a, a regular and steady inflow of good workers, that we're going to be able to continue to to, uh, to kind of keep that trend alive. And finally, there's there seems to be a, a certain segment and a small segment of people that don't want to uh, that don't want to work. I mean, uh, the, the county offers a lot of free programs, free job training, free transition to work, but a lot of them don't seem to want to take advantage of it. Any idea what's what's going on there? Well, I wouldn't say that there are a lot, but there are certainly some who don't want to take advantage of it. Um, and, you know, our challenge is to make sure that everybody knows all the things that are available and that everybody is meeting their responsibility as a parent to provide for themselves and for their children. And the event that people aren't doing that, 
Um, there are uh, uh, provisions in the law for us to, for a month or two or three, um, during their 36 months, to, to uh, take their cash assistance uh, from them. And we've had to do that with some clients. Not a lot, but we have had to do that with some. The good thing is, is that for many of those clients, when they've had one month of not getting their welfare check, they've realized, hey, I do need to do what my caseworker, my self-sufficiency coach, has is, is, uh, lined me up to do in terms of getting a job skill. And so they've either gotten back re-engaged in doing that, and a number of them have said, hey, you know what? I pass help wanted signs all the time. I'm not getting my welfare check now because I didn't want to go to this job training class. I still don't want to go. I'm just going to go get a job. And a number of them have gone and gotten jobs because of it. So it's been a good impetus for some. Really appreciate the interview. Okay, thank you very much. Ralph Johnson, General Manager of Cuyahoga Work and Training, an agency that's assisting Clevelanders in making the transition from welfare to work. Two Cleveland institutions are banding together to bring healthy lifestyles to public housing residents. That story next on FM 99.5 WGAR. From WGAR, this is Sunday Digest with Ken Robinson. And Sunday Digest continues on WGAR. Case Western Reserve University and the Cleveland Health Museum are teaming up to promote healthy lifestyles among residents in Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority Estates. The program is called Healthy CMHA. And with us in the studio now are Dr. Susan Wentz, Director of Case Western Reserve University's Net Wellness Center, and she's also Project Director of the CWRU Urban Area Health Education Center. And also joining us is Patricia Horvath, Associate Executive Director of the Cleveland Health Museum. Glad to have you both in the studio today to talk about Healthy CMHA. Thank, Thank you, you so much. And you're here to talk about an exciting new program that just received a prestigious grant to help uh, folks who live in Cleveland's public housing live healthy lifestyles, something that uh, is very important, I guess very important for all of us as well. Tell us uh, a little bit about the program, about the grant, and what you hope to accomplish. Well, we're so, you're right, we're so excited about this. We're coming together to do this together. And what the program is, it's a health marketing program. It was actually developed in a corporate setting and is being applied now in public housing. Wow, health marketing <laughs> program. Yes. That's unique. Yes. Very unique. Yes. Well, you know, in, in medicine and healthcare for a long time, I think people would agree we haven't necessarily done the best job at letting people know why things matter and count to mm -hmm. them for their health. And so this is an idea to take the things that have worked in the business world and put them into the health setting. That's the voice of Dr. Susan Wentz, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Patricia Horvath, uh, tell us about uh, the Health Museum's input into the program. Well, the Health Museum is very interested in the promotion of health of the neighborhood that we live in, which is the downtown area. Um, and it, one day, Susan and I were just having a conversation. So Susan's been an advisor to the Health Museum for a number of years, and we were thinking about what could we do for residents in urban areas to help them access health care. You know, one of the biggest problems is that we have residents uh, in public housing living in the shadows of a mecca of medical care. Mm -hmm. Cleveland's well known for its advances and quality of medical care available to Clevelanders. Yet residents in public housing don't access it. They don't use it. And we were very concerned about what are the barriers that society has put up 
why don't people walk in those doors and why don't we have the best health care delivered right to the people that live in the neighborhood of these hospitals. And it occurred to me that um, one of the methods that business had been using was social marketing. And business is very interested in having uh, very well, healthy employees because that directly relates to productivity and the bottom line of a corporation. Mm -hmm. So through a lot of conversation that Susan and I had, you know, burning the midnight oil and just thinking lofty <laughs> intellectual thoughts about <laughs> health of the nation, it mm -hmm. occurred to us that why can't we apply these methods, these strategies of social marketing to residents of public housing to see if that would drive the utilization of these quality services in the nearby neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And uh, we just, we, the two of us in, <laughs> in an office, thought it was great. So we talked to the folks at um, CMHA, Cuyahoga Metropolitan Housing Authority, the management uh, team over there, about what they would think of using a methodology that had been used in corporate America to successively, successfully increase the utilization of health care services so that the population, the employees were healthier. And you know, they thought it was a good idea. Mm. So we tested a few things, um, got the interest of a very, very uh, wealthy funder, Robert Wood Johnson, if you're familiar with them uh, from the Johnson & Johnson industry. They have a wonderful foundation and they fund very innovative ideas to um, promote health of uh, Americans. And they thought it was fascinating. Mm -hmm. So we began. A lot of people may be familiar with the foundation from a lot of the credits on public TV. They fund a lot of mm -hmm. programming. Mm -hmm. That, that foundation is so concerned about the health of everyone in this nation, and so um, it's it's wonderful to be working with them. And and one of the things that they've been wanting to do around the country is find programs that really work that are maybe on the cutting edge of some new things in health. And so then they're looking to the local communities, and actually we're very fortunate because they have partnered with other foundations in the local areas. And so this grant actually comes uh, with support of the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation joined in partnership with our local foundations. And the Cleveland Foundation is working with us as well. And some other foundations, Tricia, we uh, want to mention We have uh, support from the Murphing Foundation, and we have support from Bruning and Abington, and the Weem Foundation. Marketing healthy lifestyles to public housing residents. It sounds so much more positive than the usual, mm -hmm. I guess, traditional mm -hmm. program of, well, we're going to go in there and we're going to show these people what to do and they're well, going to do this. Well, that's it. And, <laughs> that's, and what you just yes. hit on was yes. the reason why uh, the traditional methods of way medicine and health have set up their shops mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily work. If you build, it doesn't mean people are going to come. Mm -hmm. And I have become a real believer of this, that... Um, definitely commercial products don't believe that. They, they set up an environment or a culture for people to um, demand that. Mm -hmm. um, they find out how to um, create a um, demand for the supply. They just don't deliver a product, but they create the demand. And mm -hmm. so uh, when we talk about our own personal health, you know, we may not know that we uh, can have a better way of feeling or that we don't have to live with that diabetes or hypertension mm -hmm. hypertension isn't something that everybody just gets mm -hmm. you know you begin to accept things that if you don't have the motivation and understanding that it d can be different the voice of patricia horvath associate executive director of the cleveland health museum 
And also joining us is Dr. Susan Wentz, Director of Case Western Reserve University's Net Wellness Center, and she's also Project Director of the CWRU Urban Area Health Education Center. I'm Ken Robinson on FM 99.5 WGAR. The show is Sunday Digest, and we're talking about a collaborative effort between Case Western Reserve University's Medical School and the Cleveland Health Museum, which have teamed up to promote healthy lifestyles among CMHA residents, residents of public housing here in Cleveland. It's called the Healthy CMHA Program. Now, how about the mechanics of the program? Exactly what are you going to do and how are you going to do it? The first thing is that uh, this grant allows us to provide staffing resources to the environment. So there are four um, individuals that have backgrounds in health that are um, essential to um, driving the process every day. And they're going to actually have their offices and sit with the public housing authority on their property in the middle of the estates. And we're going to bring the program to them. Now, how it's going to operate is that CMHA has um, developed our own health initiative for residents there. We will be a catalyst to the success of that by driving in the social marketing concept, which is different and innovative than simply running health education product, products and programs that normally are in every community. Mm -hmm. This process will drive the utilization of those existing services and programs that are already being designed or already have been put in place mm -hmm. there. It's a vehicle by which individuals can um, hear often about it. Um, it's a vehicle by which motivation techniques are used constantly so that the market is saturated, just, just like launching a new product for Nike, mm -hmm. a new tennis shoe. Before you know it, your children in your household are saying they want that shoe. And you don't even know what's happened. Who decided that everybody should have this shoe? <laughs> so we want to use those same strategies of social marketing that the Madison Avenue, New York advertising companies use to promote you as individuals to can, can't wait to be healthy. Well, Something is making driving you every day. I want to be healthy. I don't know why, but I want to be healthy. Yeah, it's those right <laughs> messages. And I loved what mm -hmm. you said about catalyst because a, a lot of us don't know maybe why it is important to exercise or where we could exercise and how that needs to happen. Or, yeah, I know that I'm not supposed to eat as much fat, but when I make my meal, what does that actually mean? And so th this program will get those messages out about how to, why it's important, uh, where to go to get the information and where to go to get the services that, as Trisha was saying, do exist right there in their community. Now, I don't know if it's just me or <laughs> if, if I'm a bit biased, but whenever I drive by a public housing project, I see a lot of people, and I see a lot of people that don't look healthy to me. Uh, they, I see a lot of people that are overweight, uh, a lot of people that just don't look very healthy. And is it the environment that has a hand uh, in folks not being healthy and not adopting healthy lifestyles? Ken, that's, I, I think that's so key. I think there, there are, s of course, many, many reasons why any one of us um, is less healthy or more healthy. But one of the main reasons is we haven't been good enough as, as a healthcare community at getting the right message out and the who, what, where, when. And also, um, Often people in in poor environments may face some challenges that you and I may not be facing every day uh, uh, about um, with with all the changes 
with health care reform and welfare reform and all of that. So I think I think we as as a society owe them maybe more support in these very challenging things. Mm, well said. Um, America is uh, facing not only in public housing, but in other communities, um, the issues of, of obesity and hypertension and diabetes. It, it's not so limited to um, those residents in public housing, but those residents uh, in public housing have more difficulty in turning that around. And I think that our program will help build this value of health into the family units and into the community there so that they will strive as a community to um, adopt this as something just as important as safety in, mm -hmm. the, in the public housing areas, mm -hmm. just as important as access to transportation, mm -hmm. um, the other issues that make a community comfortable to live in. Poverty does have its issues, and sometimes it's basically just eating today, or mm -hmm. getting mm -hmm. a job, or mm -hmm. taking care of our children, mm -hmm. or being safe. Mm -hmm that being healthy gets shoved down the mm -hmm. the uh, the pike and and but now we're hearing from the residents that they're feeling very ready and we've had a number of residents work with us to shape this social marketing mm -hmm. program public housing yeah. was not a very happy place to no. be i guess a few years yeah. ago yeah. and if you were in that kind of environment you probably tended to have a pessimistic view of the world and a pessimistic view of yourself and sure. the yeah. view that maybe health doesn't really mean that much. My goodness, you know, you're in a bad situation and what is health right. going to change? Right, yeah. and so now with this program then health can become an actual value of the community and, and it, it is certainly true that uh, our the residents are telling us that they have that value and so having then mm -hmm. the, the availability of these programs that CMHA is bringing close to them and then the messages about those programs through healthy CMHA right. this marketing program you've got the whole picture where the culture begins to change a little bit towards valuing health as a part of it right just even the title of the program healthy CMHA and that's the, the banner that everyone is rallying around uh, resident wise is that we're proud of the fact that this is our value we're ready for it we want to seek health but we need help Mm -hmm. And we're, we're, the Health Museum is ready to translate all of that information into user-friendly materials um, and ideas for mm -hmm. a campaign um, and advertisement and promotion and identifying the services that already have been existing for years but have had not as successful uptake as people would hope. Um, and just just putting them up there so everybody knows where they are, and then bringing the um, medical resources in so that it's a top quality program, enviable by all. Mm -hmm. um, and hopefully at the end of it, uh, which is what our funders and Robert Wood Johnson and three institutions are ho hoping, is that it's an innovative, unique program that other public housing may adopt in other cities. You're listening to Sunday Digest on FM 99.5 WGAR. I'm Ken Robinson, and we're talking to Dr. Susan Wentz of the Case Western Reserve University Medical School and Patricia Horvath, Associate Executive Director of the Cleveland Health Museum. We're talking about the Healthy CMHA program, an effort to bring healthy lifestyles to residents of Cleveland's public housing. In your initial contact with CMHA residents, what uh, what health concerns have popped up? You mentioned hypertension, mm -hmm. uh, diabetes. Are mm -hmm. there any other healthy lifestyle concerns that have uh, mm -hmm. 
uh, popped up among uh, the residents themselves. Uh, you know, well, all, all those things, stroke, virtually everything that any one of us is concerned about, the residents are concerned about, too, uh, cancer prevention. And and it, we're uh, in... It, are all around us, we're hearing these things every day on the news, you know, all of us in this country. Uh, and so I think that there's the same kind of concerns there are. Yes, uh, among public housing really residents. New. Right. Uh -uh. The, the, the difference might be that, I, that it's not necessarily clear from the general uh, media uh, discussion about this how it might apply to their own individual lives and circumstances. And that's the difference. So they would be concerned about the very same things. What's the very next step? in rolling out the Healthy CMHA marketing program? Well, what uh, we, we are finishing hiring the staff, of course, and we're establishing um, our identity. We have a, um, a process that, um, you know, actual commercial products use, and that's branding. Mm -hmm. And we're, process, we're taking on the branding to the point that our staff are branded with our logo. All of the materials and services that we use have our brand on it so that the residents in the community know Healthy CMHA exists. There, are, there is uh, manpower, women power behind it, and there is a place and an identity. Um, and marketing that service and what's available. Then working with the other um, agencies and uh, services that are available to CMHA to tell them that we are in partnership with them, that we intend to um, help uh, increase access to their services, and collecting the information all through CMHA, which is a fairly large um, uh, geographic territory with 17,000 residents living in it, all the services and programs that have been established. Just mm -hmm. simply, you, you know, it's very simple, but very, very necessary is getting a listing of all the services that are available to residents there um, and collecting it and packaging it and finding out who's in charge of it and how residents can access it and what their hours are and what you can expect from that service um, and creating a directory. Yeah, so it's developing that marketing campaign just like you would for a product. Just or like just you, like you would a product, in business, and right. except in this case, the product is health and the message is health. Right. And then I think we're going to um, move forward in three areas for the short term and identify those resources that are available for three uh, important lifestyle areas, stress management, nutrition, and exercise. Mm -hmm. Those three areas tend to help um, mitigate the damages of chronic illness uh, or even prevent it. And there'll be campaigns, just typical marketing campaigns to be less stressed, to eat well, and to exercise more often and there'll be promotional campaigns, and then the services that support that will be advertised and marketed um, for uptake for people to go into, and we will um, bring forward and, and highlight certain aspects that are available mm -hmm. during mm -hmm. that time. Very good. Well, it sounds like an exciting program, and it's great to see two uh, very uh, high-profile organizations come together like this and uh, work for the common good. Of course, while we have you here, uh, Patricia Horvath, uh, Health Museum has been around for many, many years, and we all want to. Sixty-five years. Sixty-five years. And we all want to know: Is Juno still there? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Juno sends her regards personally yes. to you, Ken, and she's doing well. And she is now uh, in her forty-sixth year. She's getting a little older, but she still tells the wonderful story of the uh, inner aspects of your human body and how it works. And she has been missing you. She wondered if you were <laughs> coming back. She hasn't seen you in quite a while, Ken. It has been a little while. A little We're while. 
still at 89th and Euclid, still open seven days a week. Right across from the Cleveland Clinic. Right across the street from the Cleveland Clinic. Thank you both for joining us on WGAR. Thank you. Thank you. See you at the museum. Absolutely. Our special guests have been Patricia Horvath, Associate Executive Director of the Cleveland Health Museum, and Dr. Susan Wentz, Director of Case Western Reserve University's Net Wellness Center and Project Director of the CWRU Urban Area Health Education Center. I'm Ken Robinson. Thanks for listening to Sunday Digest. This has been Sunday Digest with WGAR's Ken Robinson, a public affairs presentation of 99.5 WGAR. The views and opinions expressed on the show were those of the participants and not necessarily those of WGAR, its staff and management. Join us next week for another edition of Sunday Digest. you'd like to buy simply take your card of credit and go get it use your credit card to purchase the hottest most fashionable t-shirts on the scene today quality premium t-shirts from panoramic lifestyle clothing at plclothing.store Based in Scottsdale, Arizona, Panoramic Lifestyle Clothing features the most distinctive t-shirts ever imagined. That's because Panoramic is a vision that moves in all directions. So use your credit card and check out the exclusive collection at plclothing.store. That's plclothing.store. A credit card is handy, whatever you'd like to buy. Simply take your card of credit.